Attention, duelists! My hair is authorizing me to begin this podcast! I'm Nora. I'm joined by Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm no longer worthy to be one of the game Shiteno. Damn it. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I hate it when that happens, but, you know, that's that's just how it is when you lose a game to Yu-Gi-Moto. I hate losing a game to Yu-Gi-Moto. You just... You're just not worthy to be a game, Shitano. Well. Our subs for our subs for Yu-Gi-Oh are kind of bad, huh? Yeah, they <laughs> suck. I can't wait to just watch the dub. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. There's been there's been some like sub dub conflicts in in my circle of Twitter recently, and I'm just like, ah, I don't care. I'm it's Yu-Gi-Oh, man. I'm just gonna watch the dub. Yeah, it's fine. And if the dub, if the dub's not that good, well then, oh wait, hold on. I think we've had this conversation before, but they don't dub the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh. Is the thing. I don't remember the specifics offhand. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the last season of like every Yu-Gi-Oh show goes undubbed. What? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. It just happens. Maybe 5Ds is fully dubbed, but I know GX isn't, and I know original Yu-Gi-Oh isn't either. What the fuck? Yeah, so there is an argument for watching the sub, if only because we're gonna have to switch to the sub anyway. I thought they... Hold on. I may be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's not all dubbed. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. TV series. Where's the main page for the anime? Well, okay. So... Uh, Duel Masters ran for 224 episodes. Uh, Okay, I'll just scroll down and check U.S. air dates. Yeah, no, it's all here. Hmm, hmm. Okay, maybe we can just watch the dub all the way through then. Shit. I think there might be missing clip show episodes at points. I feel like that's something I remember reading. But also, there's an anime exclusive arc um, called Capsule Monsters. Yeah, I do remember Capsule Monsters. Capsule Monsters was specific. You got it. Specifically commissioned by Four Kids, the company that did the dub. So, I don't think that they that that ever got translated back into. So, so when you said anime exclusive, you mean dub exclusive? Yes, is a- actually, in fact, what I mean okay. is dub exclusive content. Okay. So actually, if anything, the Yu-Gi-Oh dub is the more complete version of the text. <laughs> One could make that argument, yes. I think it'd be a stupid argument, but, you know. <laughs> it's not an argument that you get anything for winning. Yeah. Not an argument the Jedi will tell you. <laughs> Okay, this is stupid. Let's talk about some mid-episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Um, let's see here. 
episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh that make me walk into my roommate's room and be like, or my housemate's room and be like, can an anime be Orientalist? Yeah, it sure can, I guess. Uh, this is a completely different title from what my file had, but episode 16 is Turnabout by a Hair's Breadth, The White-Robed Crisis. Hmm. Yeah, my file, I guess we have the same files. But yeah, it was like, I feel like this is a better title, though, because I, I remember the file title not really making any sense. Uh, let me see. The file... Oh god, it's it's speeding up because I was I had it at one point five speed. <laughs> Let's see here. Sudden turnaround, threat of the doctor's gown. Yeah, that doesn't really. <laughs> the gown is not actually important. No, not in the slightest. Uh, Jonochi has a crush on Miyuki, who's the nurse taking care of his ill sister Shizuka. But when a corrupt doctor who is more interested in playing golf than caring for the well-being of his own patients fires her for refusing his advances, Jernochi is forced to keep his mouth shut because if he talks, Shizuko will be kicked out of the hospital. As a result of seeing his distrust, Yamiyuki emerges and challenges the doctor to a shadow game, hoping to stop him for good. So this is this is one of Yu-Gi-Oh's uh, sexual harassment episodes, and it's also one of Yu-Gi-Oh's Yugi fights his friends battles episodes. Yes. Which are two not great tastes that don't taste well together. Like at all. Yeah. Also, it neglects to mention that Joey Wheeler gets cucked by Lynn manuel Miranda in the end, but we'll, we'll get there. <sighs> so Yugi has some soft cream. He's got some ice cream, and he's walking down the street, <laughs> and he sees Joey, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who does he see Joey fuck? Uh, so he sees Jonochi, like, sneaking around this, like, shop. I don't know, the cultural signifiers didn't really play for me. I guess it's, like, a girly shop or something. But he comes out with a giant teddy bear. Um, and Yugi, uh, be- being, you know, an idiot... Walks right up and he's like, hey man, what's going on? You got a giant teddy bear? That's pretty cool. Because um, Yuki loves that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out he's buying it for his sister, uh, Shizuka, who is like in the hospital. Who's like, she- he describes her as like chronically ill. Like she's always in ho- like mm-hmm. in and out of hospitals um, with anime disease. Um, Isn't most anime disease just tuberculosis? I have no idea what you're referencing. It just seems like the the signifiers that lots of things draw on are kind of like anime tuberculosis. Hmm. Maybe I'm misremembering. I feel like this is a... I feel like Shizuka is like a character type that doesn't really exist in American culture. um, Mm. Because you just die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i guess so there is yeah like the idea of like the the like especially these days like the idea of like the chronically ill kid who's like always is going to the hospital it's kind of like doesn't work like that in america 
You got to tell well, people mostly. not to call you a. Uh, you got to tell people not to call you an ambulance. So. Yeah. Just... And this is not as we have seen. Like it's not like Jonochi's family is rich. Mm-hmm. There is so yeah. The so the way he describes this like sister that he's kept hidden from all of his friends until now is that his parents divorced when he was six, and his sister went with his mom, and he stayed with his dad. Um. Which you know I'm not going to pretend like I understand anything about like Japanese family court conventions mm-hmm. you know um but this seems pretty fucked to me like imagine being imagine being Jonochi. if we just assume that like baseline his mom is like a competent parent she doesn't even have to mm-hmm. be a good parent um i don't know i feel bad for this fucking kid yeah it sucks like the only other thing is like maybe it was different at the time, and he wasn't the way he is now back then, but then mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I'm I'm pretty sure the implication is that, like, you know, his mom, his mom, like, got the divorce because, like, his dad was, like, drinking mm. a lot and abusive. Um, yeah. Once again, anytime Jonochi, like, Jonochi is the only one who has, like, a defined family situation, and they keep adding worse and worse details onto this, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why. <laughs> because it's not funny, and it just makes everything about his character sadder. And this show does not really go into deep drama either. Mm-hmm. Because the conflict of this episode is going to be resolved with a spooky shadow going up CGI stairs to uh, attack the... Um, the doctor that's legitimately the best shot in all of these episodes (laughs) it's so it stands out so much the cg is so like bad in lopez anyway yeah like also also like in this episode chizuka joey's like you know like semi estranged sister is really just like the vehicle by which we get to like he has a crush on a cute nurse that's completely age inappropriate but nobody really acts like, this is a thing. I guess, I mean, they're 16. Maybe she's, like, a new nurse. I'm just saying, So everyone in the, every single character in this episode kind of treats it like an actual possibility that, like, mm-hmm. Jonochi could start dating this, like, nurse who is a grown woman with a career. <laughs> and I get it from some of the kids, but I feel like at least one of these kids is to be, like... If anything, can't you just imagine? Anzu. Yeah, can't you just imagine Anzu being like, "Shut the fuck up! You're 16 years old. What are you talking about?" But she actually is like going along with this. Anyway, he takes Yugi to see his sister, and that's where they also see the nurse. Um, also, there's a scene, but before that, there's a scene where Yugi like aggro's some street toughs, and so Jonochi has to beat the shit out of them for like two hours. This is such. A, this is also such a weird detail. And also, somehow that means that the teddy bear that he bought uh, loses its head. Yeah. So I th- and yeah, like the kind of vibe is that he takes Yugi with him to see his sister because otherwise, like he wouldn't have anything. You know, like he had the big teddy bear and lost it, so he brings <laughs> Yugi a smaller teddy bear. Hey, you! You're gonna be the teddy bear. 
I mean, he also, he does give Yugi a bow tie. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, also, a thing, uh, uh, on a much lighter note, another thing that's uncommented on is that Yugi and Shizuka are, like, the exact same size. (laughs) Like, like, just the same size. In the next episode, Ansu has a couple of instances of being Yugi-sized. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's weird. When she goes, like, comedy chibi, yeah. Or when she's waving goodbye at the end. Mm-hmm. But, um... But, yeah, so the, the nurse shows up while they're in, like, Shizuka's hospital room, and then she, like, gives Joey, uh, Jonochi some gauze because he's obviously, like, just been in a fight. And Jonochi's like, wow, I'm in love now. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me in my life. Is there any good thing that comes out of this plot? I don't know. I like Honda pretending he knows anything about how to talk to women. That's good. The scene where the doctor is jerking off his golf club is at least interesting. Uh-huh. The... Um. Let's talk about the doctor, actually. Uh-huh. The most evil-looking doctor who isn't a Nazi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, That's the only thing stopping this guy from being even more evil is if he was stylized to look more like a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like this guy who works at this hospital, and the implication with him is really that he's like a shitty like career guy who doesn't actually do any doctoring, you know? Because he he has yeah he like he he's got this like he's like really obsessed with golf, and so he's all you know he's like. The really dark establishing scene is he watches one of his patients die and then goes out into the hallway and practices his golf swing. Yeah. Which is, like, so out there. And he also pushes back someone's surgery so that he can go to a golf competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, he's like, I'm going to be head of the hospital someday. So, you know, I think his, his whole golfing thing, I think, is very, like, it's kind of like a careerist move. I imagine he is, like golfing with other doctors and stuff and like he definitely reads like a guy who has like the connections um to stay in his position rather than like actually doing his Mm job do doctors have tenure not literally but i i think Mm. i i think um I know, I know there is some kind of, like, seniority system, right? And, mm-hmm. like, I know you can kind of insulate yourself in a hospital with, like, status in, in that way. Um, there might be tenure. I know there are, like, university-linked hospitals, so. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if that even functions the same way, but yeah. Um, he's, like, he's, like, the, the sexual harassment Yu-Gi-Oh villain, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Number what, three? Four? We had the college guy, we had the fortune teller guy. Um, yeah. I think those are the only two. But yeah, he's like always. He's always like you know, like making advances on this on this nurse, and she keeps rejecting him. So he eventually like um, gets her fired, um, and then threatens Jonochi. Who, like, you know, Jonochi goes, like, what the hell? You know, he, like, goes to his office and confronts him. And the guy's, like, 
you better not say anything about my cover, my like cover for firing her obviously being false because if you do, I'll get your sister kicked out of the hospital and then she won't have access to the latest medicine for her condition, which is, we don't know anything about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, remember when the villains in the show were like escaped murderers <laughs> and gangsters? Or like, or like Kaiba, kind of like jetting around the, kind of like jetting around the globe, beating people at card games. Remember the guy who was evil because he was collecting watches? Yes. What what if a watch collector, but too much? Um. Anyway, I no, I do think this is a problem with with this show. Like, uh-huh. it it would be very easy to just stay in this realm of kind of like. Not quite camp, but just like we're doing we're doing these like ridiculous things, you know, it's a robber who escaped from prison and like got himself installed as like a burger management guy. You know? <laughs> and like that stuff it's like it doesn't matter if they do like ridiculous and like upsetting things because they're like cartoon villains, but like Yeah. This guy this guy is just using his position to like sexually harass women. Yeah. Uh and Jonochi can't do anything about it, so Yugi's like, I'm gonna transform and uh, defeat him. Um, and I think we've talked a bit about how, like, this... We've seen this structure for an episode before, too, and it's not very satisfying, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, feels, it feels weird because Yugi's fighting his friend's battles, and neither he nor his friends even know he's doing this, so uh, things just kind of, like from the perspective of the characters, just kind of, like, get resolved off-screen in a weird way. Mm. So, yeah. I, I can see... I can see why they switch to dual monsters more and more, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just glancing... I'm not reading too closely on these, but I'm just glancing through the, the last ten episodes of the TV show. Uh, I guess... I can't do math. Mm-hmm. Um, so some some phrases that are reaching out to me are things like um, giant killer robot. Okay. Uh, danger. Um, Exodia the Forbidden One. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Bakura. Yeah. Zork. Okay. So I think this middle section, is, we're about to pivot back into... Uh, more card game bullshit. Card, yeah, more card game bullshit. More just like magic, also. Yeah. Um, and less like mundane real world villains who exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. Which I'm grateful for. Yeah, I think Yu Gi Oh's at its worst when it's just like a normal guy doing evil things normal men do. Unless that's what the show is. Yeah. Because that's true. If you want to make it that, you know, then I think yeah. you could do it. But Yu-Gi-Oh! just doesn't. If, like, the first 12 episodes had all been, like, just a normal mundane evil that is solved through the use of games and the Millennium Puzzle and, like, the Door of Darkness, like, that's one thing. But we had the mystical Egypt man come in already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just and not say anything since. 
Like, yeah. where is where is Shoddy? Didn't he say he was going to come back to get revenge for his own too? Uh, he'll be back. Troll F. Okay, so he only shows up in the descriptions for episodes five and six, but I'm sure he'll be <laughs> back. I. So yeah, do we even want to bother talking about the shadow game? Because it's really nothing. It's just, oh, it's golf, but it's in a hospital, and you might know your way around a golf course, but you're such a bad doctor, you don't even know your way around the hospital. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know, to come to the sexual harassment doctor's defense, I think I'm going to, like, ping-pong slash billiards my golf ball into a side room to shoot it down the garbage shaft to, <laughs> to skip floors of the hospital golf course is not the most intuitive solution. Like, this guy didn't even cheat. Well, the re- he tries to clobber Yugi with a golf club. Yes. That is the thing that is, uh, uh, that's the thing that, like, gets him- I guess that's cheating in golf. If you, <laughs> uh, hit your opponent in the head with a golf club, you- that is cheating. Yeah. That's how you lose golf but win Clue. Or lose Clue. True. So yeah, um, so obviously the doctor loses, and then, once again, sexual harassment guys get off really easy in terms of shadow game punishments, because um, he's he's just forced to, like, sit by a boombox, which is playing a recording of him admitting his wrongdoing, and admit that he likes golfing more than his patients. Which is yep. nothing. He tried to ruin a woman's career. Remember when that guy had to hallucinate watches or whatever? Yeah. I don't remember exactly what that was, but... Yu-Gi-Oh! just, like, thinks that, like, the appropriate punishment for, like, sexually harassing women is, like, being embarrassed in front of your co-workers. Oh no, everyone said out loud that I did the thing I do. Oh no... Because it was like this with the fortune-telling guy, too. Like, his only punishment was that people would, like, see that he was a fake, you know? And the college guy was just, oh, I'm in a box. I'm in a box now. Yeah, it's just... Again, it's not even, like, mundane villains being, like, punished in, like, extravagant supernatural ways that are cathartic. The punishments are lame and boring. Yeah. Um, This, this, um... I like the idea of this season of Yu-Gi-Oh! I like this idea of, like, encountering people and who are doing wrong and punishing them with this, like, game of magical judgment of a person's heart, right? Like, that's cool. Um, it's not executing on that premise very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Miyuki is leaving... To go to another hospital. And Joey runs to the train to stop her with these flowers. But all the flowers fall off before he gets there. And also, she already is, like, set up with a new job at a different hospital on a different island. With Lin-Manuel Verman. I'm not helping you on this one. Hamilton is here. He has no lines. (sighs) He just had to do it a third time. He doesn't even look like Lin-Manuel Miranda. 
He does! No, he doesn't. He does. They have the same facial hair. Lots of men have that facial hair. And hair hair. No, the hair is different. I think the hair is pretty similar. Post a picture. We're going to post a picture of him on the Twitter and be like, is this Lynn manuel Miranda? <laughs> Twitter poll. You can picture him doing the lip bite. That doesn't make him Lin Manuel Miranda. Also, it I makes refuse. Him closer. I refuse to discuss this topic anymore. What what it happens in the next fucking episode of Yu Gi Oh? Episode seventeen: The Last Minute Match, the model that invites. This is a terrible fucking translation. Do they mean that she's hot? Is that what they mean by invite? Do they mean the inviting model, perhaps? That's also a terrible translation. Let me see what the files. What the what? The detailed files. Uh, whoa, fuck. I don't know how VLC works. Something weird happened. Hold on. Okay. Loading the file. Uh-huh. A close match. A model's invitation is the file title, which is true because she does offer an invitation to the characters. I guess it's not the most ex- exciting title. No, but I okay. I think this episode is very racist, but. My standards have really been lowered. <laughs> so I think it's fine. With the ca- Kaiba's- with the caveat that it's really racist. Kaiba's ga- third game master, the famous model Eileen Rao, charge- challenges Yugi to a game of Raijin High. Eileen happens to be Anzu's idol and also prides herself on taking away the most important things from the ones she defeats. If Yuki loses, then Eileen's pet tiger will kill Anzu, the most important person to him. This forces Yami Yuki to emerge and play a shadow game with Eileen to save Anzu's life. Yeah. That, the the presence of the tiger might have sounded uh, like it came out of nowhere in my description. Well, that's true of the episode. <laughs> yeah, um... Because she's like, oh, by the way, that door over there, there's a my pet tiger, and he hates everyone who's not me, so he'll probably attack Anzu. She, she's in a hotel? Is the other thing? Like, okay, first of all, the tiger's there. Mm. The tiger's there because Eileen Rao is uh, half Indian, and this episode will not let you forget that, because it's filled with, like, Indian stereotypes. Uh, but secondly, she's like, this isn't her house. She had to have had that tiger shipped to Japan. Yeah, but didn't she take that guy's uh, mansion? So does that mean that the guy has a tiger? No, it means that this is not a hotel. Does that mean... Is all I'm saying. Okay, but that would mean... Okay, either way. Either way, she would have to have had, like... No, I think it has to be, like, specially prepared accommodations for her because it has that, like... Um, right, that, like it has dancing all that stuff room. In it. it has that like dancing room with the dancing room with 
the shutter door <laughs> to the tiger room. And soundproof glass. And soundproof glass and a, and a one-way mirror. And also, it was specifically designed for her because she takes she likes her father's style question mark that's the indian thing there's 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 um a bunch of things in the background that make you think oh india yeah it's like a statue and stuff Mm -hmm. it's yeah um it's really just a lot this is why I was like, can an anime be orientalist? Um, it's definitely racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, they also mentioned that Eileen Rao is 19. Yeah. They just say that uh, kind of randomly, which is a weird detail. Because otherwise she reads like, like a Bond girl, basically. Also, the grandpa wants to sell her an, an overpriced board game that he can't sell. He's such because she's rich. Yugi's grandpa is such a little piece of shit. <laughs> Just this is like the most consistent character beat we've got for him is that he's like a coward and lazy, never takes responsibility for anything, runs the game shop kind of poorly, wants to scam people, like. I wonder if she'll buy Invisible Sun. (sighs) I think it's going to be very funny when we get to Duel Monsters, and I'm pretty sure he's just, like, the nice grandpa. Yeah, probably. Um, Also, I looked, I just wanted to check. Uh, And this is not a game that's real? Uh, Raijin High? Of course not. Yeah, I, I thought maybe for a second... This would this would be a real game. It's not a real game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it seems cool. I like those little guys. Yeah, I think we should talk about the game a little bit later, but I think this game is, like, decently constructed, you know? Um, yeah, it had enough rules that I was like, oh, this could be real. Yeah, like, the game part of this episode is satisfying, and I think that's, like, mainly why I'm, like... I'm like, oh, this is the better of the two episodes. Because it's like, the game part actually feels like something. Um, That said, it's really similar to Duel Monsters. (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, like... So, Eileen Rao, 19 years old, a supermodel. um, One of Kaiba's Game Masters. Which, like... This is the episode where we get confirmed that, like, the Game Master... What the Game Masters, like, are. Um... It's always been kind of implied that they've been around before his rivalry with Yugi. Um, but Eileen just says right out, like, that the Game Masters are these, like, pro gamers from around the world that Kaiba has gathered and just, like, sets them up with matches with people. Um, and what Eileen gets out of it is she likes to beat people and, like, have their, like, precious things taken away? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she's just, like, likes torturing people. She, uh, she's racing for slips, as they say. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fast and the Furious. Sure, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. Sometimes they'll race and they'll, like, bet their car on it, and the winner gets both cars. Okay. 
Yeah, it's weird character, honestly. She also has, like, hypnotism powers, which are implied to be, like, how people lose the things that are precious to them. It's a really weird explanation that she gives. And did she get them from Kaiba? Because she hands him her pendant at the end, right? Right. But the pendant is never, like, important when she takes... But it does give her an aura when she faces off against the Millennium Puzzle. That's true. That's... Wait, wait, that's so weird. I remember... (laughs) She pulls it out and it flashes and then they're both standing there with different colored auras. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's so weird. Because it's... This is... (laughs) This is not mentioned at all when she talks about, like, how her stuff works um it's entirely she she talks about it like it's not even magic you know Mm. the like weird thing that she does like she captures she captures anzu as like a hostage basically by getting her in another room and then like whispering in her ear to hold the pose that she's in and she just like will stay there um and then eileen goes into the next room and is like haha yugi i've captured your girlfriend she will now not move um, Even if a tiger attacks her. Oh, look, it's a tiger. Very weird, very horny bit. It kind of just comes out of nowhere. Um, you didn't need you didn't need mind control in this episode, but our boy put it in there anyway. It's the way she talks about her ability. It's like, oh, I just understand people and can worm my way into the cracks of their head and like get understand them. But also that what that actually is, is that she has magic powers. <laughs> She's not the mentalist. She just has magic power. Sort of. Maybe. She ambiguously has a magic necklace. The The visual language of the TV show tells me that she has magic powers. <laughs> um, even though she denies that she has magic powers. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll never see her again, so... Uh, for sure. Uh, so this game that she challenges um, Yugi to, um, and also claims it is like an ancient game passed down in her family. Um, there's a big board. Every Each player has... How many pieces do they have? Uh, one, two, three, four, plus six. Ten pieces total. Ten pieces total. I'm on the page for the game in the, on the wiki that outlines this. Got it. And so the pieces are like soldier, cavalry... The elephant. Um, our translations is the, our subtitles call uh, the next piece the shogun, except mm-hmm. it's a fucking Indian game, so the guy's not called the shogun. Don't worry about it. <sighs> and then the the king, the queen, and Indra, and she says that there are a lot of different rules to the game, but the one they use is like you. You, like, cover your opponent's side of the field with a screen so neither of you can see. You each put a piece down, you remove the screen, and then, like, your pieces fight, and the most powerful one wins. Um, Right. So the soldier, destroyed by all except queen, and you have two of them. Cavalry beats soldier and queen. Elephant beats cavalry, soldier, and queen. Shogun beats elephant, cavalry, soldier, and queen. King beats shogun, elephant, cavalry, and soldier. Queen can only beat the king and is destroyed by all others, and Indra can win against anything, but can only be played once. 
and the rule under the rules that they play is like whoever plays the king, whoever loses their king first um, wins. And if you if one of your pieces wins a fight, you can take it back and deploy it if it's not Indra. So it's like it's a game of like when are you willing to commit your strongest units under what circumstances and like trying to predict what your opponent's going to play. Which is like this feels it's maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe the best developed game in this entire series. Yeah, I like is this a real game that is a different thing? Like is it just this also feels like it could be a card game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't know about like capital G games, so I couldn't tell you, but this you know, if if you told me this was like an actual real game, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's simple enough. You get the feeling. Uh, there's like a strategy mm. to it, you know. Um, Someone on the Reddit made it made an online version of this. I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, so. The strategy, it, and it's like compelling to watch, you know. Um, when Yugi's like, you know, um, you know, clearly I'm too easy to read, so I'm just gonna pick a random piece and I'm gonna guess what piece you pick, um, and then he does it, and you know, Eileen's like shaken. And she's like, you still lost the fight, though. And he's like, yeah, but now I've predicted your first move and I'll predict the other moves. Um, Yugi gives a little speech about how, like, this game is about making decisions based on your opponent's decisions. So restricting your opponent's decisions is the way that you win. And how he's, like, put her into a corner to, like, narrow her choice of pieces down to, like, a smaller subset so she's easier to predict. And it's, like... You know, it's good. It's good drama. It's good back and forth. Yeah. When he wins, you're like, okay, he got her. You know, he tricked her into using Indra too early, and now, you know, now he can like use his queen to beat her king. There you go. Um, king of games. King of games. <laughs> there's that very goofy. There's that very goofy line where he says, like, you said this game was invented two thousand years ago in Egypt, uh, in India, but I'm five thousand years old and Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> but the history of gaming starts in Egypt, and I have 5,000 years of Egypt's knowledge. When you fight a normal person, <laughs> you, have, you, have, uh, you have a 50-50 chance of beating them. But I'm from Egypt, and I'm not normal. <laughs> so you've only got to... I'm from ancient Egypt. <laughs> God. Uh, it's, it's a very goofy, but, like, a fun... Um, fun bit and then of course he wins and um none of the game masters like do any of the game masters ever receive a shadow game punishment uh i don't think so it was uh it was the luck guy lost his luck it was he a game master yeah right i think hmm there was i remember the old guy and now eileen so I guess it must be the luck guy. Uh, yes, Kaiba's second game master was Ryuichi Fuwa. Okay, he, I guess he had like a punishment. Um, but I remember the, and I guess the old guy lost his doll. Eileen definitely gets off the most scot free because Yugi's like, you didn't even lose anything when you lost the game, and she's like, no, I lost something, and then doesn't explain. <laughs> Well, what she lost is that she's not one of the game masters anymore. 
That's not. That doesn't mean anything. I'll get demoted. I'll get kicked out of our secret Discord. <laughs> Kaipa's gonna. No more Melty Blood money matches in the Miltel bathroom. <laughs> Kaipa's gonna unfriend me on Facebook. Oh. Uh, I think she can She does just kind of get off scot free. I think if a woman like kidnapped my friend and then challenged me to a death game, and then I I beat her. Um, I think I would have some strong words for her, but Yugi, it's chill now. It's totally chill. Um, oh, Yugi gets a big transformation sequence in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, with, like, lightning and his silhouette jumping around, and then his, he does a pose. Um, we've never seen this before. (laughs) I wanted to see him become Ultraman and get big. (laughs) Just the I guess he does, but he does. He is Yugi Moto <laughs> Ultraman. Is he an Ultraman? I think that you will find he is. Uh, has a transformation thing. Has a transformation sequence. Gets bigger. Gets in fights. That's Ultraman. Has a tight has a tight fitting outfit. He, the evidence only mounts. Mm. Now, has Yugi been crucified? Kaiba definitely has been. Somebody got crucified in this show, right? I don't. I, I don't. F- I'm forgetting. I don't actually think anyone's been crucified. Didn't Anzu or something on the roof? Or am I no, thinking of something else? No, Shadi was going to make her walk the plank. Oh. But from like a ten-story building, so it wouldn't have been good. It would have been bad, maybe. Yeah. Um. But yeah. What else was I going to say? I had something else, but now I've basically forgotten it. Did you want to talk about the Green Knight? Oh, yeah. Wait, I remembered what I wanted to say also. Um, Okay. (laughs) Ever since they changed into their summer outfits, Yugi is just wearing, like, a plain white t-shirt with, like, all of his leather stuff under the shirt just really obvious. And it's weird. It's a look. Like, a previous episode established that it's, like, against school rules to have cell phone straps. Why is Yugi allowed to wear a leather collar? Um, who is going to stop him? Anyone. I think a stiff breeze could stop Yugi from doing something. <laughs> well, the, the authority figure closest to Yugi is his teacher, and his teacher is not going to be picking any fights with Yugi Moto. That's true. He did fuck up her entire, like, body and psyche forever. Yeah. Okay. So I guess Yugi just, like, lives in a reign of terror. <laughs> Yeah, those are the Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes, basically. Those are the Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes. And as I promised on this month's episode of Do Not Steal, I have a a point to make about the Green Knight. You know, the fucked up thing is that that episode is going to come out after this episode. (laughs) So the real ones, no. (laughs) So the real ones, no. Um, yeah. So are you familiar with the story of going in the Green Knight? Um... The Green Knight is like, hit me once, and then I'll hit you. And then Gawain hits him, and has to get hit. 
Yes, except that the way that Gawain hits him is that he cuts his head off, thinking he's won. And now the Green Knight is like, okay. He picks up his head and he's like, all right. So one year from now, you will come to my place and I will do the same to you. And then leaves. And then, you know, Gawain has to like... It's a thing of honor. He has to actually go and submit to the thing that he agreed to. Maybe, and... uh, maybe the first uh, known recorded, <laughs> maybe the first uh, known recorded in uh, British mythology instance of fucking around and finding out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets there, and there's like this lord and lady in this place near where he's going, and he has a couple days left before his time is up. So he's chilling with them. And there's the thing of, the Lord says, all right, you can stay here. I'm going to go hunting every day, and whatever I find out there, I'm going to bring back, and I'm going to share it with you. Anything that you receive at home, you give to me when I get back. And so the first day, the lady of the house makes advances on him, and he rebuffs her, but she gives him a kiss. And so when the (laughs) Lord gets back with, with dinner, he gives the Lord one kiss. Okay. The vibes here are powerful. (laughs) (laughs) So the second day is the same thing, but she gives him two kisses. So he gives the Lord two kisses. He's just, he's just their third now. Yes. Um, the, The third day, she offers him a sash that is magical. And if he wears it, he won't die. And she asks him if he wants it. And he says, yes. And so she gives him three kisses. And when the Lord returns that night, he gives him three kisses, but doesn't mention the sash. And then when he goes to face the Green Knight, he flinches away the first time the Green Knight goes to swing and gets, like, chastised for it. The second time, Green Knight goes to swing his axe, but then he, like, stops at the last second to, like, fuck with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the third time, he gives him a little nick on the neck as punishment for not revealing uh, the sash. Because the Green Knight, of course, was that lord. Mm-hmm. He knew about the whole deal anyway. Um, and despite his failings, he proclaims Gawain the most the, the most blameless knight in the land. And he is forced to return to Camelot wearing the sash as a symbol of his dishonor um but he's still like the coolest one and the most virtuous one despite this one failing and all the other knights at camelot to start wearing a green sash in honor of his uh his adventure and as a reminder to be honest just to take the piss (laughs) so my point here is that the green knight is another reincarnation of the pharaoh sir lent and it's the king of games. Okay, before you make this argument, I just want to say real quick, Sir Lancelot has changed the name of the group chat to Sash Chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was a shadow game. That's my... No, I see it. Defined rules. There's... Um, mm-hmm. Rules that if the... Uh, er, like, define... Well, okay. Did you say the Green Knight was the reincarnation of Yugi Moto? Yeah, okay. yeah, because like he the, he establishes some rules. The guy thinks he can fuck with the rules and find a way to win. It backfires. Um, he loses and then has to pay a price for the rest of his life. This um, the read of the Green Knight as uh, 
the King of Games, is stronger in the recent 2021 film, The Green Knight. Um, but I don't, I'll, I'm not going to go into that version of the story here because, you know, most people haven't stolen it yet. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to present the original version of Gawain and the Green Knight as a, a Yu-Gi-Oh fanfic. Hmm. You know what? I'm into it. You were so perturbed by the idea the other day. <laughs> I am complicated. I contain multitudes. Um, uh-huh. I don't know that. <laughs> if if you uh, think something's weird about anything I said previously, I don't know that bitch. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, I have editing control over the Do Not Steal episode, so I can just cut out the part where I'm incensed at your suggestion, and then nobody will know. But they'll know because of this podcast. I can cut this part of the podcast out, too. (laughs) This is the editor's privilege. I've entered into a shadow game of my own. (laughs) This is the editor's privilege. They get to decide. I don't edit shit like that. They They get to decide how cringe they sound on the podcast. Uh, that's not something any, any person can <laughs> decide for themselves. Uh, alright, do you want to do our questions and then wrap it up? Yeah. Alright. Uh, do you want Twitter questions or email questions? Let's do Twitter first. Alright, so we got one question on Twitter. Uh, Lady K. Hirsch, well, I guess it's not a question, but she points out that, um... Uh, in the real Yu-Gi-Oh card game, Violet Hecate from the previous episode uh, was a common rarity card, uh, IRL, um, which I think is funny. Um, like, obviously, the the card game kind of, like, works on different rules in the show and the game. Like, mm-hmm. you could just get Blue Eyes in a structure deck in real Yu-Gi-Oh because it was the cool card that they wanted to push, you know? Um, but it's cool in the anime because yeah. it's rare and amazing that Kaiba has two of them, you know? Um, what if he had one more? <laughs> uh, you can't really, like, you just can't run, like, it's hard to, to like, have the same level of drama if, in card game anime, if they have to build, if the characters build their decks like real card game players build their decks. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like if you if if Yugi had to have three of all of his boss monsters and like had draw engine efficiency, um, you know it's less dramatic. Uh, you want the you want the episode of Five Ds where, um, you want the episode of Five Ds where Yusei needs the top five cards of his deck to all be different tuner monsters, and they are, which is sick, even though it's an insane deck building decision. Sorry, you, your deck's not tournament legal with this outdated Dark Magician girl. You gotta update it. I know it's got a lot of sentimental value to you, but you gotta update your cards, you. <laughs> I don't... Did you... You, you never had rotation. Um, but I'd just like to imagine Joey be like, Sorry, you. That rotated out of standard last month. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for the Dual Monsters Dungeons and Dragons crossover event? <laughs> I got Raceland the Dark Magician. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, reader, we have an email question. <laughs> um, we, we uh, Salamancor says uh, that they're enjoying uh, 
you know, uh, enjoying Attention Duelist, but they do miss Duo Lane. If Duo Lane were to return in this new anime game-themed environment, what do we call it? Um, I don't do titles on demand. <laughs> titles are different. I had a, I have a couple. Okay. I think the only reason we're not doing it is because when we started this podcast, um, I kind of had more time. When we're not yeah. this podcast, but when we started doing champions, I had more time. I think both of us have gotten more busy since, and like, yeah, which is why the podcast went to biweekly as well. So, well, we got a couple options here. We got free draw, okay. Um, extra turn, mm. turnabout, mm. check date, huh, huh. I don't know where you're getting these terms. <laughs> They're not from games. Like like checkmate, but it's a date because it's the two of us, so it's like checkmate. Oh, I was trying to think of like Yu-Gi-Oh game terms. I was just thinking of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I mean... What's the... I mean, hey, this this comes out on Fridays, right? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to. So then... Like, if we wanted Yu-Gi-Oh! phrases, then, like, Face Down Friday would be a good podcast name. No, I don't think it would, Nora. No, I, no? I don't think it would. Um, What is Yu-Gi-Oh? What are Yu-Gi-Oh! words? I don't, Death? I don't know. I told you I'm not doing this title thing. Titles are hard for me. I've got to think about it for three weeks. In the... Hanging out in the G-Y... <laughs> That sounds disgusting. I don't want to hang out in the GY. Why not? It sounds disgusting. Um, life points. <laughs> See, this is just further reinforcing my point. The titles are hard. Titles are hard if you're stuck with Yu-Gi-Oh phrases, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Duo Lane was just kind of right there as far as a title goes, you know? Yeah, like... There's not, like... I mean, there's duos in, like, Yu-Gi-Oh, but that's not the same. It would... We could be Synchro Summon. Okay, yeah. I actually like that one. Um, there is a, there is a method of summoning in Yu-Gi-Oh where you just pair up two monsters who are, like, similar to each other, but it's, it doesn't have, like, a name that evokes that. It's called, like, an XYZ summon, I think. Uh, we could be the polymerization cast. Eh. It's like a fusion. I I like, I kind of like Synchro Summon more. Um, I, I thought of a really bad, um title all right last one i'm trying to trying to figure out what the podcast would be if it was called this. okay it would, uh, blart of the cards uh, i don't even want to think about so, what that podcast would involve <laughs> well it would obviously involve paul blart mall cop yeah and that's why i don't want to think about it <laughs> <clears throat> Are you ready for your teaser for next episode? Sure, yeah. Next week, some uh, some things that might happen. Okay. We have Don't Touch the Forbidden Game. 
Yugi befriends a bully board named Imori, and the two discover the forbidden game Dragon Block. Hell yeah! <clears throat> Followed by The Great Melee, a popularity contest. With Honda's support, Miho enters a popularity contest against arrogant school beauty Kaoruku Himekoji. Oh, that reminded me. There's a good Miho episode in the first episode where Jonochi is like running off with Honda to try to talk to the nurse and Miho waves goodbye and says, Goodbye, Jonochi! Introduce me to a handsome doctor! <laughs> She's also the one who asks, like, so how far did you get with the nurse? <laughs> yeah, we're just seeing them interact for ten seconds. <laughs> uh, Miho kind of sucks as a character, but I'm gonna miss her. Nobody else in the cast has that energy. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're replaced. I mean, if you look at the cast of the show broadly, I guess we're replacing Miho with Duke Devlin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are trading down. We are trading down. But Honda and Duke Devlin do hang out for like half of that show. So yeah, but maybe that's he's fine. no Miho. He's no Miho. Anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for those episodes. I think <laughs> I want I want to see what the Forbidden Game Dragon Block is. Um, yeah, I, I just done, actually did the counting, and we have ten episodes left, and the of movie Yu Gi Oh, and the and movie. movie, and the movie that I've never heard I've of, never that heard I didn't of. even know existed until we started the yeah. show. I'm interested in... Well, I'm interested in Bakura showing up. I want to see some Zork. Um, well, Bakura shows up in episode 25 of 27. God damn. <laughs> Wait. Are, are we exchanging Miho for Bakura? Who's Bakura? <laughs> but just, like, in terms of, like, character in the main ensemble. I guess so. For the first season, maybe. Yeah. Right, because then Bakura's pretty separate from the rest of them, right? He does get written out of the show for like a season and a half. <laughs> We're gonna have to do like a Bakura watch segment. Just like, <laughs> what's that dude up to? What's he up to? Uh, oh, he's in a graveyard. He's hanging out in the GY. Because doesn't he like scheme for the entire show only to like be the final villain at the end? I don't know. I don't... I don't know... I don't know. I don't know when Yami Bakura shows up is the thing. But there's also another Bakura, right? There's like three Bakuras, or are there three Mericks? What? There's... Hmm. There's three Mericks. Because there's like... There's like normal good guy Merrick. There's slightly Jokerfied Merrick, who's like the one that we are first introduced to, and then there's all the way Jokerfied Merrick. I feel like there might be three Bakuras because there's the ancient Bakura. A true. Damn. There's like Bakura Prime. <laughs> Bakura Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Bakura Alpha, Bakura Beta, Bakura Omega. <laughs> uh, Alright, I'm done. Uh, what do we say to them? Until next time, get off our decks. Get off our decks. Oh, okay.